Yeah, so we're here with we're here with Colin Ray and in, uh, in, in our first Backstage Lights podcast, Disciple Live Events, and uh, Colin. And uh, so tell us, Colin, a little bit about uh, uh, you know where you know where you are right now and uh, where you've kind of uh, ridden out this this uh, this quarantine. Well, I'm home right now, as so many people are, you know, but I, I must say I, I have, in Tennessee, again, it's a state-by-state state thing, you know. Some some states are obviously have been hit, hit harder by this than others, and so therefore the restrictions are greater. But I have been able to, I mean, every day I've, got, I've gotten out and driven to, to see my kids, you know, to make sure they're okay, I go over to my daughter's house, go over to my son's house. Uh, I go to go to the grocery store, et cetera, and, and, and get gas and, and whatnot. You know, pull, I've eaten a lot of pull-through drive-through food in the last yeah. couple months, you know, put on about 10 yeah. pounds that I, that I wish <laughs> I didn't have, you know, but we'll get rid of it somehow, you know, once this is over. But um, it's, you know, I mean, it's been okay. I mean, uh, you, uh, I know people like uh, Sammy Kershaw, a friend of mine, he's got that, a brand-new baby, you know, and he's, he's enjoyed this because he's been self-quarantined for quite a while. So, you know, he's had some heart issues, too, so he's had to take it, you know, take extra precaution, I think, you know, to, to stay uh, isolated, but he he said it's and he's he's got to enjoy watching that baby grow every day in a way that he wouldn't have been able to do had we been still working, you know. So there's some upsides to everything, but I think in general, overall, I think most people are ready to get this over with and, and uh, try to start try to start opening things back up and and uh, and, get, and get back to some sense of normalcy, you know. Now, where were you? Where were you guys? Were you were you home when, kind of this whole thing? Uh, you know, it kind of been ramping up, but you know, where were you when the band when you basically were told, you know, hey, we're not doing shows. We're 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 done. Well, I heard about the COVID nineteen. We were actually at a Roots and Boots show. The first time one of the band members brought it up, and I was like, what? And so I saw, started watching the news and kind of figured, but I didn't really think as most people did, didn't really think it was going to turn into that big of a deal. Uh, but I was actually home. We, we were off the road when we got the, uh, when our agency sent out the email saying, you know, they, all these dates have been canceled or actually postponed it to be rescheduled later in the fall or whenever. Um, it was like, wow. I mean, that, that's just never happened before. You know, where all of a sudden you, yeah. you think you're going to work X amount of days in a month and all of a sudden that month is gone. You know, yeah, and it's pretty yeah. scary. I mean, I think two people always just assume that that any famous person or anyone who has a name or is, they, they just assume we're all millionaires. You know, yeah, and we're yeah. not. You know, we're just we're just working men. You know, most of us. I mean, certainly uh, some artists, a huge, huge, huge artist, probably don't feel it that much by taking it months and months off. But the rest of us need to work. You know, and and uh, and, and, and more so than just the financial part of it too. It's just it's you. You don't realize how much it means to you to get to perform for people until it's taken away from you. Right. And then once that happens, you go, "Oh my gosh, this is a huge part of who I am," and I've always appreciated it. We've all, yeah, I've never stopped appreciating the audience. That's that's a beautiful thing always. But but again, you get you over the period of time. I've done it for twenty nine, going on thirty years. You know you you start to complain about the travel or well, I wish we didn't travel so much, you know, but that's how we get to the people. Yeah. I think right. This is, this is, this is, is, is really driven that home to me personally. And I think I could speak for most of my fellow uh, colleagues, you know, artists, 
when I say that it's made, just, made us just appreciate what a cool job we have had all this time, and we just can't wait to get back to it. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I, I can certainly see that. I know that, uh, you know, from my standpoint, we had done a, we did a Ned Ledoux show on the fifth of March in Vernal, and uh, with that everything kind, you know, hadn't closed down till the next week. But you know, then I got thinking about that after uh, after that was over, and and we were all kind of quarantined, and I thought, you know, I wonder. You know, that was just a week before, you know, I was shaking hands with people and patting people on the back and, you know, and, and, you know, doing what you do. And I just, you know, and I thought, wow, I wonder, you know, uh, that was just kind of scary when I, you know, when I thought about it a little bit. And, uh, um, you know, and I'm I'm sure that they probably, you know, Ned's guys probably thought the same thing. And, and, uh, you know, from our standpoint, from a promoter standpoint, it's really frustrating because, you know, we had that show. You know, we had we had the shows around uh, Valentine's with with you uh, in uh, Flagstaff and then in Price, and then yeah. we had two big Diamond Rio shows scheduled for the end of March and two shows with Eli Young uh, at the end of April. I mean, we had everything pretty much, you know, lined out, ready to go. Tickets were looking good, and you know, and just like you say, poof, they, you know, nothing. You know, but that's the way it is with most promoters. promoters. I mean, you, you yeah. and, 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 you know, you, you get to this point right now and you think, you know, when are we going to be able to do anything? I mean, we, we, you know, we postpone the shows, but what you don't want to do is have to redo them and then have to redo, you know, cancel or postpone again. You know, I mean, you're probably thinking the same thing. You know, you know, we, we don't, don't want to have to keep, keep canceling or, or, or whatever. Well, I, you know, I, I mean, it's, I've heard people say, oh, it's, it's going to be next year, it's going to be next year. I don't think so. I just don't because I think, <clears throat> well, I, I, I may be jumping the gun a little in order of topics here, but, but uh, uh, you know, I, I'm doing this, this thing that's, that looks like it's going to go on May, it looks like it's going to happen on May 30th. An old friend of mine out in Utah is going to be a part of this, this uh, business revival, Utah business revival thing, and and wanted because I have a really strong uh, following in Utah. You know, I lived there for a few oh, years yeah, back, yeah. you know, a few years ago, and it's it's just one of my very very best markets. And um, and he thought I would be a good fit to be the first guy to do a concert out there. And so, you know, I agreed to do it. And oh my goodness, sir, we've been getting a lot of pushback on it. You know, but oh, it's it's a hot topic. Oh yeah, and I and, and I certainly didn't mean to, because I'm believe me, I'm no activist. I'm not a guy that, that I'm too I'm too old for that. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> I, you know, I just don't have it in me to try to. I don't want to dive into any fight with anybody or anything like that. It's just, but, but you know, and, and, but basically, I was asked to do it by a friend of mine and uh, honored to do it. Now, obviously, if I didn't agree with what they were doing, I would have said no. But I do right. agree with it. I think I think if we. Do an out big outdoor show outside in the beautiful Utah weather, uh, and take sensible precautions. The you know the recommended sensible ones. Uh, yeah. I think it's a, I think it's just fine, you know. And, and I think and from what I've been seeing on the pushback, which always the always the people pushing back are way more vocal and and aggressive than the people who are in support of it, right? But the for the, the the percentage breakdown I've seen is like ninety seven percent versus three percent. Ninety seven percent can't wait can't wait to get going again. And and I feel you know, and I feel like 
uh, if, I know there's some people out there trying to shut it down and make it not happen, and if they do, they do. Then we'll, we'll back it down and do it, do it a little later or something. But if it happens, if, they, if it doesn't get shut down, I, I feel like it, it will be a huge, huge crowd because people, I think most people look at it like, hey, I, you know, I, it's, it's certainly a thing. You know, the coronavirus is certainly a thing, and, and uh, but, but, you know, I, I think uh, the majority of people, I mean, we, it, there's enough information out there now that has yeah. been seen by, by the American people to know that if you were to catch it, God forbid, I'm sure it wouldn't be any fun for a couple of weeks, you know, but, it, but, but it's, you, have a, you have a 99.4% chance of surviving it. You don't even have odds like that when you get in your car. And get on right, the freeway, right? Right. You know, so I mean, the, the, and I wish people would understand. You know, the common cold is never leaves us, and the yep. common cold kills thousands and thousands of people every year. The one who, the ones who are most vulnerable, those in nursing homes, elderly people who, who have weakened immune systems. I mean, a few, etc. You know, or just, or just any younger people too that have, you know, congestive or, or uh, you know, have some heart issues or lung issues. They die. People like that, unfortunately, lose their lives every year because things like that turn into pneumonia. Right. Uh, and I have friends that work at nursing homes. My mother was in a nursing home, and my father's in a nursing home right now. I know all about nursing homes, and the nurses and up there, you know, told me for for years. I mean, the cause of death is usually pneumonia, congestive heart failure, etc. Right. But right. It's, but it's brought on by usually just somebody got a cold, and the cold spread around and. So I'm not down, I'm not trying to downplay, uh, but, but the, my point is is that's been with us forever, and it was yeah, those, yeah. the common cold and the, the typical common stomach flu is going to be with us forever. But we certainly yeah. and it kills people every year. But we haven't shut down the world because of it. Right. Well, and I guess that yeah. you have to weigh you have to weigh the economic damage to people against the, the against the possibility of getting sick which yeah, is the, I mean, which is the worst evil which is which uh, you know yeah. and, and which is the the worst uh, scenario and i think it's pretty clear you, when you have over a hundred thousand small businesses that have now had to close their doors in bankruptcy around the country that's that's crazy that's ridiculous yeah, and, 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 and 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 people have lost their life savings or they're uh you know losing your business your family is hurt and you've got kids who are hungry and so is that really worth it to try to decrease the numbers? You know, I just, I just think there's a, there's a point where, okay, we tried that. We tried that, and everyone cooperated, and it's time to start opening things back up. Yeah, and, and, and I totally agree. I mean, it's just like you said, we, we've got to, you got to kind of, there has to be something that pushes through initially to, to you know, get it, to get things back working uh, you know the right way, um, and I think that this. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that this is a great idea, and I mean, I you know we're we're ways from Kaysville, as you know, but you know we're planning on going. I mean, I think again, the way I look at it is this: if you don't want to go, don't go. Exactly. You know, and, and you know no one's. There's some of the people that are pushing back out there are acting like we're trying to force this on them. And it's not, yeah. if, if you, ha you certainly, ha I, I respect everyone's opinion. 
it, you know, I'm not one of those people that feels like everyone on earth has to agree with me. You know, everyone has yeah. a different opinion. <clears throat> and if you if you feel safer or feel like it's going to benefit you more so by staying indoors and, and just lock, stay, you know, continuing to quarantine, then you have every right in the world to do that. And I totally respect your, your, your decision to do that. But, but by the same token, if people do want to come out and have a good time and just, and it's not even so much about the concert from what I'm seeing, it's about, it's almost becoming a little bit of a patriotic issue, you know, and people yeah. want to come back out and celebrate America and celebrate how America is going to come out of this and thrive in the beginning. And we're starting, we're, we're going to do an event that, that is maybe a, a, a kickoff point for that, you know, so they have, a, those folks have rights too, and they have the right to make decisions for themselves as well. And so, um, you know, it's not a one size fits all world. And, uh, like I said, I hope it goes off. I, I hope it, I mean, it, it still happens. I'm confident that if we did, if we were forced to not do it on May 30th, I'm sure it'll happen later, you know, a little bit later. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, we're not, again, I'm not trying to, to rattle in cages or sorry, you know, ruffle feathers. I'm just, I, and if some, I have to look at it like this. Someone's got to be the first one to stick their foot back in the water. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and if you don't, if someone doesn't stick their foot in the water, then nobody's going to get back in the pool anymore. Well, and that's the whole thing, you know. Yeah, and and I think uh, I think that's 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 the way we have to look at it. In not just the the music or the concert business, it's just in general in in life right now. Is that you know you got people out playing ball now, and uh, you know different things like that, and and uh, you know we 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 want life to go on. And um, it's like, yeah, I, I'm like you. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sitting here wondering, have I have I gained any weight? You know, I I've eaten you know several Coke cakes and brownies and and you know all the snacks late at night and all that that you shouldn't. And uh, you know, I need to get back out on the road and do a few things myself. Uh, but uh, have you have you been doing? Have you have you had with this extra time? Have you? Had any new music? Uh, you know, have you been working on anything? Or uh, well, as, as fate would have it, we were when this whole thing began. We were putting the finishing touches on a new album that I've, I've done for Audium Records uh, that will be released you know, through Sony Red, and and it's it's. I'm really proud of this record. I think it's the best album I've ever done. Got in Dave Ferguson produced it. And it's just, it's just, I still think it's just a collection of really, really great songs, very different, very uh, kind of eclectic. I think it's, it's, they wanted an album that was aimed more towards the Americana world. Mm, yeah. Uh, it, it was what, to me, that means freedom, freedom to record. Yeah. You, you know, it's recording the kind of songs you want in the way that you want. And I'm extremely proud of it. So during this downtime, they obviously pushed the, the release date back. But we are kind of at the last stages of mixing right now. So we, we, we all of a sudden wound up with a lot more time uh, time on our hands to utilize than we thought we were, you know. But, but uh, So it's, it's been kind of nice just to, to finish that album off and get it ready to roll out. And uh, I still don't have an, uh, a release date from Audium yet, but I, I'm, I think they're looking at possibly June. June is mm. July at the latest, you know. But um, I'm excited about that and because, you know, at this point in my life, I make a record about every two years, sometimes every three years. And, and mm-hmm. in recent years, a lot of that has been tribute albums, that, things that I wanted to do. I did a, a Glenn Campbell 
treatment, right. you know, a few right. years ago, still online, just because I love Glenn Campbell so much. I did a, a love song CD uh, for a label. It was called Everlasting of, of Classic Love Songs. And, right. and then at the la- most recent record I did was uh, we recut all my hits, called it 25 yeah. Years, 25 Hits, and uh, with all the hits on it and bonus tracks. And that, of course, has, has done really well for us, you know. But, but it's exciting to know <laughs> that we're about to roll out some new music on a brand new album. So I, I hope uh, hope the folks will like it when it does come out. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, as a promoter, I I think uh, it makes a difference when uh, you know an act you know has got new music out and uh, and and can draw from you know from some of those uh, as as you obviously can. You know, you you mentioned Glenn Campbell. Um, you know what what is it about Glenn and and um, and his his music, uh, his writing style, whatever that you know. There's a lot of people out there that you know you could you could play their songs. Uh, wh- what is it about Glenn that you know you you devote a good portion of your show to? Why you know why is that? Well, I, I when I was a kid, one of the first. Uh, I mean, I grew up listening to you know my brother and I. My dad loved George Jones, loved Buck Owens, loved Merle Haggard, loved Johnny Cash. And that was the first music that I remember. So, so those guys were my earliest influences, um, and I still love them so much today. You know, there's a reason that they're so iconic, you know, because they were just that good. Um, and but Glenn Campbell, when he kind of came on the scene, I was oh gosh, seven, eight years old. Uh, and and by the time you know I was nine, he had a network television show on CBS, The Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour. And my family used to watch that religiously, you know, every week. And, and I just became kind of enamored with him. I just thought, I just love this guy. His voice, even as a little kid, I had pretty good taste in music, I thought, you know. I thought, nobody, nobody sings this good. Nobody plays their guitar this good. Nobody has songs this good. And so he just became my favorite, you know. And then as the years went by, and I got older and started playing in bars with my brother. And, uh, always, we always included Glenn Campbell songs, you know. Um, and then when I got in, got my record deal, and uh, I was 30 years old when I got my record deal with uh, Sony. And as, that, as we were making the first album, the All I Can Be album, uh, my producer, Terry Fuller, at the time, he was my producer, and he knew Glenn Campbell really well, and, and he set up a meeting uh, at someone's house one evening where I got to hang out with Glenn all night. And he was just such a joy to be around. And he was, he was so respectful to me. And, made, and so I just made me love him all the more, you know? So over the years, we became really good friends and got to work together, uh, on a number of occasions, uh, doing tele- some television specials together. Uh, if Glenn ever did, he did a couple of, I know one was a Christmas special he did for TNN. He wanted me on it. And we got to sing, sing silent night together on that. And, uh, I just got to perform live with him a couple of times. And so I just, I don't know. I just always kind of felt like uh, there's certain legendary artists that will have a guy from the next generation sort of carry their mantle. You know, right, like, right. Carry, and like, say, Travis Tritt and Waylon. You know, Travis, yeah. I love Waylon too, but, but I don't sound anything like him. You know what right. I mean? My music wasn't right. really uh, that outlaw edgy thing like, like, uh, like Travis Tritt's. Was and Travis made it very clear early in his career that he his idol was Waylon, and so he sort of became that torchbearer for right. for the outlaw thing, you know. But for me, I, to me, I felt like I was the Glenn Campbell guy. You know, right. you know now I'm not a I'm not a great lead guitar player like he was, it, it, he was, but 
Um, but I felt like my music was kind of copacetic and, and comparable to the kind of style Glenn Campbell did, you know. And, uh, oh, you know, I got to induct him into the ACM Hall of Fame. They call it the Pioneer Award. And they chose me to, to give it to him and present it to him on the telecast and induct him. And that was one of the true honors of my life because just to know that the industry associated me with Glenn Campbell. And right. so, I, so when the time for the album, the, uh, the uh, tribute album came along, it was, it's just, it had been something I had dreamed of doing for, for a very, very long time. And, uh, and I was so thankful that I got to do it while Glenn, because, you know, Glenn, of course, uh, developed Alzheimer's and, and dementia and whatnot. And, and that was in my family. So, uh, I knew what that their, his family was going through and what he was going through. And I, and at the early stages of it, I knew what was coming for him. So I wanted to do this tribute to him while he still, he could be aware of it and to comprehend that I'd actually done it, you know, and I did, I, I, I was able to do that. And I know for a fact, he, he listened to the album and, and loved it. And so to me, mission accomplished. Well, that's, you know, that's fantastic. I know uh, when we go, when we do the shows with you, that seems to be one of the, you know, the highlights. I mean, it's, it, the whole show is great, but, you know, I think people really react to, um, to that and, and the demographic. Yeah, I think it's, I, I'm sorry not to interrupt you, but I think it's important for my generation of artists to keep that generation's music alive and well and keep playing it, keep singing it. Right. Because otherwise, uh, the next generation may not know it. I mean, there's, there's people that may not actually ever get to hear Wichita Live but by the right. time I get to Phoenix or Galveston, you know. So, so right. you know, we, I think it's important for us to sing those songs, just like hopefully someday a young generation will be singing my songs and, and you know, uh, Tracy Lawrence's songs and, and Garth's songs and George Strait's songs, et cetera. You know, so I think it's, it's important for the next generation to keep that legacy going. Well, and I, I remember uh, <clears throat> Glenn Campbell um, was the, the first song that I, I'd probably heard him before because my grandpa listened to AM country radio when I was when I was a kid. And when I'd work on the farm, uh, it'd be playing all the time. But the song that I remember was uh, is it Summer Nights, Southern Nights. Southern Nights. Uh, yeah, Southern Nights. And uh, the big thing about that was that was when that TV show Solid Gold was on. Do you remember that, when that oh, came yeah. on? And and that was kind of a pop hit, too. And uh, I just remember seeing him uh, playing that with his guitar on Solid Gold and the Solid Gold Dancers. You remember them? I mean, they were, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, and they were... Yeah, and they they were dancing, and and after that, I kind of became a fan too of uh, of a lot of what he did, and you know, uh, I, I find your shows, uh, you know, re really interesting uh, to listen to, um, <clears throat> and one thing that uh, a, a lot of fans, people who are have who have been fans for a long time, um, want when it comes time for shows of whatever artist it is, uh, they they want to hear some of the songs that maybe weren't hits or weren't big hits. Are, are, are there any songs or deep cuts that, that, that you don't play much that, that maybe you wish you could, you could play more? Absolutely. I think every artist has those favorites that they wish could have got, could have been released to radio, but just for whatever reason, I got several songs that my label uh, loved, but they would, they said, oh, it's just too deep, Colin. Those songs are, that song is just too deep, lyrically. 
And I was like, oh, but it's so good. People need to hear this. You know, well, it's just, it's just a little too deep. You know? So I used to hear that a lot. And uh, uh, the three pop into mind that I still do play on some acoustic shows whenever I feel like we can squeeze them in uh, is uh, a, two songs written by a writer named Hugh Prestwood, who's, I think, just one of the greatest songwriters that we've ever had. He wrote uh, a lot of songs for the people, my favorite being uh, the song The Members Win for Trisha Yearwood, which I think is just an amazing, amazing piece of poetry. But he wrote two songs for me. Or he wrote well, actually one hit, uh, On the Verge, which was a big radio hit. Right, right. But he wrote two other songs that were kind of deep cuts, uh, one called April Fool and one called Heart Full of Rain. And I just think they're just two of the best songs I ever heard in my life. And, and I still feel that way as strongly about them when I get to sing them now as I did when I first heard them and wanted to record them, you know. Uh, uh, another one by a guy named Gary Burr wrote a song called The Time Machine. And actually, right. we get lots of requests for The Time Machine, even though it was not a radio song, never went to radio. But people ask for it all the time, and so I'll flip that one in whenever I can. Another song that is maybe my favorite song I ever recorded. Most people are always going to assume I'm going to say Love Me or Little Rock, and those are right up there. But my favorite of the hits, the songs that actually uh, went to radio and, and were hits, it's a song called Love Remains, and the reason I mention Love Remains uh, in this question is that it, it, it was a hit. It went to, like, number six, I think, on the chart. So it was definitely right. a hit, but it's not as remembered as well as some of the big monster hits, like That's My Story or or I Think About You or One Boy, One Girl or Love Me or something, you know. And so right. it's always kind of a surprise when I do sing it, and they go, it's always one of those, oh, I forgot about that song moments, you know. And uh, I usually use it as an encore. My last, it depends on what kind of show we're doing. If it's acoustic, you know, we usually do Love Me and then then leave. And then if we're lucky enough to get an encore, I come back and, and finish the night with Love Remains. Uh, if it's a big rocking show where we're, we've got the full band and we're just hammering and rocking away, same thing. Well, I'll come back after Love Me and do maybe another rocker or two and then still finish the night with Love Remains because... I love what the message to the song is, and I think it's a, a it's a beautiful way to say good night to everyone. Yeah, and 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 I think that was you know, I've I think I've told you before that that um, probably in the shows that I've seen that we've promoted, uh, I think that's my I mean I love them all, but I think that's my favorite of of all your of all your songs. It's kind of become that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, and it, it's a fantastic way to to close out close out the night just because of the message and uh you know so i would say that's you know that that's my favorite deep cut and um, oh thank you thank and, you uh, i appreciate that what what would you say is your most requested song i mean the people that might email you or text you or um i would have to say i'd have to go with it's it's probably a tie between three uh, Love Me, which was my first big hit. It was my first number right. one. Uh, that one is certainly... Oh, and, and speaking of that, a, a, a guy I just talked to on the phone the other day, Todd Tillman, who's on The Voice right now, uh, sang Love Me about a week ago. And oh. uh, his version, he's a great singer, blew me away. And it just meant, meant the world to me. I know Kelly Clarkson was on there saying, well, I'm a big Colin Ray fan. And when you started singing this song, I just didn't know if you were going to be able to pull it off, but you sure did. And so it was a nice little shout out for me on a, on a huge television show, you know, and, and so I got in touch with him through my publicist 
and he called me, left me a message, and then I literally just talked to him two days ago and just mm. told him how much I appreciated him choosing my song. And he, he really is a great singer and a wonderful guy. He's a, he pastors a church down in Meridian, Mississippi, just great family man. Uh, I have, uh, and I think, I guess tonight is the big final finale of it, so I'm pulling for him. I hope he wins. But, but like he said, uh, even if he doesn't win, he feels like he's already won because it's, right. it's been such a great experience for him. But, but anyway, Love Me would be uh, there. And the other two, I think, that the, that's pretty much a tie with that would be uh, Little Rock. I always have lots of requests for Little Rock. And then something a little more lighthearted, that's my story. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That, that song's been very, very good to me over the years, and it's, 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 again, it's sort of a signature song. You know, people, a lot of people that don't remember, Colin Ray, Colin Ray, now what did you do? Well, they know that song. Right. So they remember me for that, you know. And so I'd say it's probably an even tie between those three songs. Yeah, and, and and they're all great uh, in, in concert. I mean, it's just and and you you usually knock it out knock it out of the park, you know when you when you sing those songs. Uh, you know, one other song that I've that that I've loved, uh, and you don't do it every show, is Josephine. Um, oh yeah. You know, I mean that that is there's there's a story behind that song too. Um, Absolutely. And you know, as far as about that, I'm surprised. I'm I'm kind of sad that I forgot to mention that while ago when you asked me about the deep cuts because I, that's one I kind of forget about sometimes. It was on an album called uh, 20 Years and Change." I did, and uh, which I thought was a collection of a little bit more eclectic kind of album, you know. And and a guy named uh, Roy Feek, a uh, great songwriter. A lot of folks are familiar with he and his wife uh, Joey and Roy. And they've had a television show on uh, RFD Network, and, and and just two of the best people I've ever known in my life. And Joy, unfortunately, sadly passed away from cancer way, way too early in life a few right. years back, and yep. and uh, left Wolfrey with raising this special needs child that they had together, and left him alone doing that. And it, their story is just amazing. It, it's so inspiring. And Roy is just one of the best people I've ever known. But he's a great songwriter. He had written uh, a song that went on to be a number one hit for me uh, called uh, Someone You Used to Know. That, right. that was a big number one song. And so when we were making the 20 Years in Change album, he pitched me. Actually, actually, I heard him sing Josephine at a writer's night. Uh, I went to see him in a, in a writer's in the round night they had in Nashville, and he did Josephine, and I was crying by the end of it. I thought, Mm-hmm. That is one of the, the coolest songs I've ever heard in my life. So, so uh, when I was talking to him about it, he explained. For those who, folks who haven't heard it, it's a it's basically a historical song uh, about the Civil War. And this soldier, who's a Confederate soldier, is in battle and he's scared to death, and he he knows he's probably not going to make it in the battle they're about to have the next day. And he's writing a letter home to his wife. Josephine, and he's and he's telling her he's telling her how much he loves her and talking about the kids, and it's just it's just an incredibly powerful story. So as I got to talking to Rory about the origin of it, I thought he just made it up, made the story right. up. But he literally came across this letter, an act, the actual letter of this soldier who I believe was related to him. It would have been a you know like a a great 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 first cousin or something like that or second, you know, however that works, you know, right, family right. member of his, that, and Roy came into possession of this letter and, 
as all great songwriters do, when you see something like that, you go, this has got to be a song. And he, he knocked it out of the park. I mean, I, I just think that's, uh, and actually Joey and Roy did a version of that too after I had recorded my version. And of course their version was unbelievable. And, and, yeah. and uh, but I, I love that song and I'm glad you reminded me of that because that's one I need to start playing again. Does, uh, wasn't there going to be a movie about it or I, I, I re- heard something or read something that the whole there was an entire project or something. I believe they did. I think I'm glad you. Were, I forgot about that, but I believe yeah, Joy had a, some backers, and I think they did do. Uh, I mean, Roy did, and I think they actually did do a a, a movie um, about that story. And I can't remember off the top of my head if it was like a full length feature film or if it was a like a mini movie or something like that. Mm. I really don't know, but I saw clips of it when the thing was was being made, and it. And, and so I'm not, I honestly, I'm not exactly sure how that all turned out, but, hmm. uh, but what it, it is such an moving story. Uh, yeah, I'm sure yeah. the movie did turn out really, really well. Cause it, I mean, it's just such a great story and, and it just, he, he touched on all the, uh, the very real things a soldier must feel when he thinks he's going to die soon. You know, yeah, when a and, thinks that they're not going to make it. And he touched there's certain lines that just, Oh, you know, and again, those lines could have it could have been in that actual letter from 1864 or whenever, or it could, or or maybe uh, Roy embellished them a little bit or whatever. But but yeah, that's I that's a song uh, that I highly recommend folks hear at some point, whether it's my version or their version. It's it's just a really great song. Yeah, and it's it, it you know I I love it when you play it because um, <clears throat> I think that. Uh, I think that it just uh, it, again, it's it's a little bit different. Uh, it's got a little bit different rhythm, um, and I, I, you, you do a great job with it. And uh, tell me, next time do, I do a show for you, I will be doing Joe's Street. I can promise you. Well, that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I'll I'll, I'll look forward to that. Now, we've we've covered a lot of covered a lot of uh, space here, and you know, one thing that I I kind of wanted to ask you. As we as we wrap it up a little bit, you know you've you've been in the business a long time. You've had a lot of success. Um, you know your 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 songs span you know many many years, and, and people have used them for weddings. And I mean, you could probably just go on and on and on. Um, what's a what's a good lesson? What's a, what's an important lesson that you've learned? Um, through through your career that that you could wake up tomorrow and and have it be uh, you know have it be uh something that would move you forward you know i i think the, the, the thing that after so many years of this and you start looking back on your career and you start seeing it more from the distance and, and realizing wow i can't believe that happened or i can't believe that happened uh you start to i think if if, if you're if you're hopefully, I think if you're smart, you start. You should be humbled by it, and 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 look at it as a grace. And I I've I've, I've learned to I've come to the realization, the absolute absolute uh, sure realization that the old saying, "There but by the grace of God go I." That's 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 God allowed these things to happen to me. He's the one that allowed these songs to find their way to me. Anything right. that I ever wrote. He gave to me, 
my ability to entertain people that I've spent years and years and years practicing and honing was all because he gave me the ability to do it. My voice is a gift from him. And I think it's important that young people that that want to do this for a living, that they want to try to, to they need to, they're going to be better served if they go into it with that attitude as opposed to, uh, if God wants this to happen, I'm going to honor him and it's going to happen. If he doesn't want it to happen, I'm going to honor him anyway because he has a, a better plan for me or a different plan for me. And if you look at it like that where it's not all on you yourself, where you, you yourself didn't really do this, uh, it's it's very comforting. I mean, I remember, for instance, I remember back uh, uh, when I was getting nominated for a lot of awards in the mid-90s, late-90s stuff, and the big awards, too, you know, uh, the Male Vocalist of the Year, Album of the Year, et cetera, like that. I was nominated for Male Vocalist of the Year ten times in a row between the CMAs and the ACMs. Ten times in a row. That's twice a year for five years, right? But right. I never won. And at the time, you get kind of caught up but I was I was nominated against George Strait, Vince Gill, usually Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson, and then the other, uh, and then me, and then the other spot usually fluctuated between say, uh, you know maybe Travis Tritt for a little while or or uh, uh, Tim then came Tim McGraw, you know so there were so in other words the people I was up against were really huge names, and so I didn't win. But right. I remember Randy Owen of Alabama, who's a dear dear friend of mine. I remember just about every show when Randy Owen would see me, he would go, Colin, tonight's your night, buddy. They cannot deny you again. You're going to win tonight because it's your – everyone knows. You know, and it made me – stuff like that made me feel so good. But then invariably – and the winner – and the award goes to George Strait, you know, for like yeah, the seventh right. time or whatever. Right, and so, right. But at the time, it bothered me. And not, I mean, not horrible. I was – but it's like – it got to a point where you start going, seriously, the same guy's going to win every time? <laughs> you know? Right. But as I got older, I realized God didn't let me win. He didn't want me to win because he was protecting me. Because you have, to, you know, all things are not good. Just like this coronavirus, all things are not good, but God uses all things for good. And sometimes you just don't see it when you're in the midst of, of when you're in the heat of it. You know, you have to look back on it and go, boy, he bailed me out of something there. Maybe if I'd won a certain award or had uh, accomplished this one particular thing that put me in the next level, maybe the temptations to look away from him would have gotten far greater for me. Yeah. Had, yeah. had I got bigger than I actually became, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, some people become stars. Some people become superstars and some people become what? Like, you know, just yeah. mega stars that you think. And sometimes you, sometimes you look at it and go, well, it's because they're real talented. Other times you look at it and go, well, I don't want to think the music's that good, but the but, but they sure are doing well. You know what I mean? Right. So you have to you have to look at those things as as grace. And and even if when you do I told Todd Tillman this, the guy on the voice, I told him this a couple of days ago. And he had already said, like I said, he said, you know, I I I, uh, I feel like I've already won. I said, That's the great attitude. That don't be upset if you don't win because if, if God thinks you can glorify him greater by not winning this contest, then you're not gonna win. If he wants you to win it no power on earth is going to stop you from winning it. Right. But it's so anyway, I, I guess I hope that all makes sense, but I just have yeah, learned that's to great. look at my life and just, and as, as it happened for me because he wanted it to happen for me. And, and hopefully I've honored him 
with what I've done more often than not. Now, clearly, I've made a lot of mistakes and, and you know, got full of myself at times back when I was in my late 30s or whatever, you know, but I, but I would always quickly rein it back in. Yeah, because I was because I was grounded by that belief, and uh, and I'm so thankful that I always had that belief and that that blessed assurance, so to speak, of 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 why I was being endowed with this talent or with this ability or with this music or with this acceptance to the fans. You know, yeah. um, I always knew it was a gift, and I think if you go through your life knowing that whatever you get, no matter what it is, is a gift. And right. because that's what he, that's the station in life he wants you at that particular time. And right. if you just accept that with a smile on your face and joy in your heart, you're going to be okay. And I, I know, and I think uh, one of the other things I was uh, thinking about too is, you know, I was wondering when you'll pair with a rapper um, <laughs> on, a, on a big hit. It seems to me like a lot of these hits nowadays, the country, the country artist pairs with a rapper or something like that to, to get to the top of the charts. You know, have you got somebody in mind? No, not at all. And, and the, th- the, the thing is that I'm not opposed to, if, if something came my way uh, and if, if somebody said, hey, we want to pair you up with, with this guy and, and to do a, a song slash rap thing, he, you do the singing, he'll do the rapping, or whatever, I would, my first thing, my first, uh, I wouldn't just be stone cold against it, but my, my, it would all hinge on one thing. Let me hear the song. Yeah, if the song yeah. is good, and I feel like it's a it's a quality piece of work that I'd be honored to be a part of, I would consider doing it. But but I wouldn't do it if I thought the song was stupid, you know. And just just, <laughs> just, just to try to get back on the chart because at the end of the day, like Shakespeare, to thine own self be true, you know. That, That's and I would right. Have to, I would I'm, whatever I record, I got to live with it. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. So the, I'd say the chances, the Vegas odds of me doing a record like. Uh, uh, Old Town Road, or right. eight hundred to one. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I have to. I, I don't know. I just that's something I was thinking about. I uh, just kind of give you a hard time about that because we've we've, we've kind of talked about that from time to time. Uh, as we as we wrap it up, I mean, are you in a position that you could maybe sing a a verse of Love Remains or? Oh, buddy, I sure I'd be honored to. Since I'm holding the phone, I won't play. My guitar is sitting right here, but I won't play because i got to hold the phone. But I'll sing, I'll sing a little a cappella. Yeah, give us a little a cappella on that. The Colin Ray singing uh, Love Remains. We are one Sunday, children of God, on our way. Mama smiles, Daddy cries, a miracle. Before their eyes, fate won't take us till we're on age. Through it all, love remains. What well, kingdoms come and go, they don't last. Before you know the future is the past. In spite of all that lost or what's been gained. You know we are living proof that love remains. I don't know maybe what I'd do on this earth without you. We all live and we all die for 
think we could don't think we could end it any better than that um colin ray with us on the uh, backstage lights podcast our very first podcast and we're we're honored to have you with us colin and uh, you know I'll, I'll probably see you uh, up in uh, caseville in a couple of weeks if that whole thing pans yeah, up let's hope it goes let's hope it goes off and they thank you for thank you for making me the first the first uh, person on here I, I wish you really really good luck and blessings with this podcast all right, thanks, buddy. We'll see you. Okay, man. See you soon.